0: You may be seated. This this morning, um, if you've peeked ahead at your bulletin, you know we're doing something a little bit different. This is actually the last Sunday in the liturgical year. The church calendar is a little different from the calendar that we observe. Like our year does not actually begin in January; it begins in Advent. The first Sunday of Advent is next Sunday, so that means this, this is the last Sunday of the liturgical year. It's called Christ the King. It's the capstone. And um, as we saw alluded to in our various readings, so much of what we and the people of faith throughout the ages have wanted and then through Christ have experienced has to do with the kingdom of God. And we don't understand too much about that. We live in a democracy or democratic republic, and we like to be in charge of our own lives, and uh, we tend to think that we've got it best if we take care of ourselves. And and the kingdom of God is a different way. Um, It's certainly not a coercive or manipulative kingdom, but it is comprehensive. It's full of all kinds of blessing. And what I wanted to do today is to talk some way about how, when His realm comes in, and how it takes over our lives, the good that can come with that, and therefore the gratitude that we would feel as a result. We just had Thanksgiving, so this year in particular, it's pretty cool. We've just had Thanksgiving in our civil holiday calendar, and now we've got the Kingdom um, celebration today, Christ the King Sunday, and everything that we have is as a gift from our King. And so I wanted to see if we could celebrate a little bit about how when his kingdom comes into our individual lives, what that looks like and therefore what we can be grateful for into our own individual selves. What does that look like when we come, uh, when we see his kingdom established in our homes and in our families? What does that look like? And then lastly, in this local body, we're a community of people gathered together um, and we pray under the kingdom of God that the kingdom of God is expressed here in this fellowship. How can we realize that and celebrate that? So I've got three different people, um, starting with uh, Talia Engstrom and then going to Aidan Olson and then Paul Brown, who will address each of these things, the the individual, the family level, and then this sort of communal level here in this church. And what does it mean? And how can we give thanks for that expression of God's reign? If you want to think of a symbol for this, give you a little liturgical minute here. Um, I was thinking about how his kingdom kind of encloses ours. Like we've had in our lives, until we meet Jesus, until we give our lives completely over to him, we rule ourselves. And that often doesn't go well, and sometimes it goes really bad, and we begin to be ruled by the enemy, right? And it becomes kind of diabolical. But until we come under Christ's holy reign, we rule ourselves, and we have been given a certain amount of power to do so. And um, in old days, this is uh, particularly in medieval times, so there was that age of feudalism when there still were kingdoms, when somebody was a lord over their own, say, their own lives, of course, and then their own family, but also over multiple families, like they were the, the king in a particular area, and then they realized, you know what? I need to get under the care of an even bigger king. They would pledge their fealty or their loyalty to that greater king. And the way that they would do it is in a ceremony where they put their hands together like this. And it symbolized everything that they held in their hands, in their lives, their own personal life, their family life, and the lives of those that they were responsible beyond their family. And they would express that in this symbol of the hands coming together. Does that look like anything you've seen before? Isn't this the, the picture of prayer that you often see, especially in some of the old Puritan paintings? And I often thought, well, this is the main expression of prayer in the life of the church. And it is. It's is the main one. So we do that mainly. Um, it's never prescribed, but it's a natural way of praying to God. But this also is really cool. Because at that moment, when they pledged fealty to this greater king, they were saying, everything that I hold in my hands, I'm now entrusting to you. Could you get, get up, Hannah, for just a second? Put your hands together like I just did. All right, come here, come here. Then the other, the the greater king, the king of kings, if you will, would take this kingdom and embrace it in his hands and say, I am pledging my fealty to you. I'm making an oath of covenant with you to care for your holdings as if they were my own. Your fortunes are now my fortunes, and you're participating in the greater fortunes of my kingdom. So everything that happens in your life, I care about and I'm committed to. And you are now participating in my kingdom. So when I call counsel, I'm calling you in. And you get to participate. And so this is incredible reality being expressed. Thank you, Haddon, for your help. Being expressed in this little moment. So I just give that to you. Like, but sometimes when I'm thinking, Lord, um, I think I've, I've kind of taken over a ba- back a little part of my life. Is it myself or my family or even this church? No, Lord, this is all yours. And it's all in your hands, and whatever power I have to hold anything, it's held within the power of your hands that holds all things together. And this is the blessing of his kingdom for each of us. So just think of that, and then what I want to do is respond to each of the, um, the, the thanksgivings that you'll hear, both the personal, and then the familial, and then the church, with some praise and you'll see that in your bulletin. So Talia, if you'd come forward. Talia is um, one of our college members and is gonna share just some things from her personal life related to this. Um, oh, and I have to get you a mic because otherwise, even though you're an opera singer, I think it would really help us if you used a mic. Thank you.
1: Thanks. Hi, I'm Talia, but you pretty much know that part already. Um, so I um, was thinking of A gratitude memory that I have, of which there are many, but one that kept coming to mind was a few weeks ago I was in Boston to visit Rocco and Jen DeFilippis, who for those of you who don't know were a couple that attended our church for a while, and um, Jen's family is back in Boston, so they moved back to Boston this past August, and they had this little girl, Francesca, um, who was born two years ago, and I started watching her when she was three months old. So I'd watch her in the summers, and then my mom would watch watch her while I was at Madison. And so we formed a really close bond with little Frankie, as they call her, and um, the family. So I feel very strongly about this little girl. I'm not a mom yet, but it's probably close to what a mom would feel like, or a big sister, an aunt, or something. So it just worked out, um, which already in itself was a gift of God, um, to go and visit Frankie in Boston. I happened; It was like this tiny window of time where I didn't have any rehearsals for operas or any obligations. I wouldn't miss any classes. We found this great deal for like $100 round trip. And so I just went to visit Frankie and play with Frankie for, like, four days. And um, as soon as I walked into the door, we were inseparable. She refused to do anything without me, even go to the bathroom. So, um, and until Rocco finally came from on high and was like, this is a family affair. I'm training you to go to the bathroom, not Talia. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we, like, the first night, she just refused to go to bed without me. She waited up, like, three hours while Dad and I and Jen and Rocco were visiting, and she was singing and playing and creeping out to try to get my attention. Taya, Taya, are you going to come sleep with me? (laughs) And so I finally went to go sleep with, like, there was this big blow-up mattress um, in her room, and I was, like, one foot away from Frankie and one foot away from her little baby brother Rocco, so I was in heaven. And, um she immediately crawled into my bed to fall asleep with me and, of course, chatted and sang for, like, an hour, and then finally we fell asleep. And um, her dad brought her back into her own bed, but, you know, early in the morning, like like 2 a.m. at one point, she pitter-pattered over into my bed and crawled up and met with me. And the memory that kept coming back, and actually I think about this every night before I go to bed, is I remember... Um, like, waking up at one point in the middle of the night, and she was all curled up, like, nose to nose with me. I was sleeping on my side, and I opened my eyes, and her nose was touching mine, and she had a little pacifier in her mouth, and she was, like, literally curled up in the little crook that my body was making, and um, completely fast asleep, totally oblivious to everything, And, and then she, like, I didn't know it was possible but she like moved closer. Like she moved closer to me and like did this little head thing with her head and like nuzzled into my into my face and my body and um I'm not kidding when I think about that every single night before I go to bed because I was filled with so much warmth and joy when that little girl snuggled up to me, her cute little button nose like sucking on her little pacifier and all this massive blonde hair. Everything else was sprawled all over the bed except for her little face and her little body right up against mine. And um, I felt so much love for her, but what was the cool thing was that I knew that she loved me back, and um, and there were no, like, ifs, ands, or buts. She just loved, and um, I kind of realized that that's how Jesus looks at me <laughs> and us, and that he loves us and is just waiting to snuggle up with us in our beds. Um, and he loves us without any, there's no strings attached. He like, just looks at us and loves. And that's what Frankie feels when she looks at me. She looks at me and sees like joy and games and fun and roughhousing and crying, and, and well, not crying, but crying for joy, <laughs> and, um, and uh, like watching movies together and laughing together. And it just kind of occurred to me that that's how Christ looks at me, and I, and I mean, I look at him with love, but of course, because I'm human, and because this is a fallen world, I look at him with distortions, and strings attached, and ifs, ands, or buts, but that's not how he looks at us, because he's not living in a sinful world, so um, that, that was really special, and that, that is simply my, my gratitude memory, and so I'm very thankful for that. And, yeah.
0: Thank you, Talia, that's beautiful. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, so much for this picture from Talia of what your kingdom is like. Thank you, Lord, that um, as our lives are nest, nested into you, that we can actually nestle up against you. And that if we really want to understand the kingdom of God, first of all, we, we have to know that it's like a child that comes to you and completely yields himself or herself to your love and your love is so perfect and so wide open and we give you thanks lord that that you can you can pull us out of all the confusions of this world all the distresses and distortions and take us to this place of clarity and care thank you lord for that saving grace for each of our souls i pray that we would receive it and we give you thanks for it now as we sing
2: Good morning. Good morning. When uh, Father Eric, who's literally my father, I've always wanted to use that one. Now I can. Um, when he asked me to, to give thanks this week, I um, thought it was perfect timing because I, I don't know about you guys, but I was definitely uh, inspired by what Father Mark had to say last week and definitely gave me perspective. Um, just because he has so little and we have so much, and it seemed like he was overflowing with that thanksgiving and that joy. Um, so this, this week has been, you know, giving me that perspective, and then Dad, you know, having me share, I've been really focused on. Oh, and of course, it was Thanksgiving, so a lot of Thanksgiving around, going around. But um, yeah, the Lord put uh, three different things in my heart. Um, so the, the first one... And the three things, too, they all start with a P, so that'll help you remember it. The first one uh, is his provision. Um, in my life and in my family's life, um, it's been extremely evident, extremely clear. Um, and it actually goes back to just me when I was, when I, when I was single, um, just this week thinking back to everything. Um, there was a time I was going to a different church And I was in kind of a, a different period of my life And I felt the Lord was calling me back to light of Christ um, And so I went and, and soon it felt like the Lord was answering prayers that, um, And kind of addressing worries and anxieties in me That, that I'd had um, uh, I mean, I, I had the worry in my heart That I wouldn't find a wife And then I met my wife shortly after that um, and that was a prayer request, and I, and I saw that. Um, and then shortly after, I met her son, which then became my son. And, and then a few short years later, now we have uh, Verona, who's uh, up in nursery for the first time. Um, and so, family. The Lord has now provided a family, and and then with family become, uh, comes responsibility. And so, work is needed, and responsibility. And here's the beautiful family that the Lord provided. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and so work was needed, and so that became the next prayer request. And, um, and so we prayed, and the Lord did provide a, a good, um, steady job for myself and even a, a part-time, like, work-from-home job for my wife, which was just perfect with the kids. And that's kind of hard to find, you know? So just clear blessings that the Lord was, has provided for us and is with us um, time and time again. And then a home as well. Um, and, and with being able to, to afford that was, was, was huge. And so we, we were able to buy a house this year, which was another blessing. It's just like, it was thing after thing after thing. And just it became extremely clear that his provision is, is incredibly in my life um, and in my family's life. So then the, uh, the next one is his presence. And his presence, um, well, if you're like me, you like to feel... I, I like to feel his presence. I like to get in the worship, and I'm a very feely kind of a guy. Um, but I think maybe it's, it has to do with growing up or something, but it becomes less and less. You, you don't, maybe you don't feel it as much, um, but the presence of the Lord is still there. And I look back on so many different um, situations in my life or conversations or just difficulties that I had to go through, and I look back, and I'm, even though I didn't feel that the Lord's presence was there, I look back and I say, you know, I see the outcome of those events or situations, and I know that the, his presence was there with me, speaking through me and working through me. And I've seen that in my, in my wife as well and in my family. We've been in difficult situations where the Lord's just been, his presence is is there. Uh, so that's the, the second P, his presence. Um, and then the last one is, is uh, passion. The Lord has so much passion for us, and I think it goes along with what uh, Talia said um, about the, uh, you know, her relationship with with Frankie. Um, I think the Lord is so, he's so passionate about us. And that's maybe something we don't talk about enough. I think the Lord is energetic and excited about us. And that's been extremely clear in in my life too. Um, And I know, you know, Easter Vigil, we all get excited and and jump around and that. I love that. I I really love that time. Um, But he's like that always with us. And I, I got that, sense from Mark, Father Mark here last week, because he was jumping around, I mean, he was all over, he was like <laughs> hiding behind the, he was everywhere, uh, and, and I just got that sense, like, and it was a little uncomfortable, too, I don't know if, I was like a little like, oh man, this is so different, and so, you know, and I think the Lord's like that, and he's really passionate about us, and kind of in your face, kind of gets up close, and wants to, you know, and um, so I, I, I really, I think there's a theme throughout my life, and my family's life, of his passion for us, so um, so this, this week, I would, I would encourage you. I was, I was uh, tasked with coming up and sharing, but just thinking this way, with this perspective of, of thinking about the, the thanksgivings that he's given us and put into my life, it's really, I think I want to do it more often um, because it changes things. It really does. So I would, I would encourage you to to really think about his provision in your life and think about his presence in your life and, and think about his, how passionate he is for you because um, he, he really is. And um, it does change your perspective to kind of think that way. So, and then I just want to close with um, Psalm 100. It's uh, the Psalm of Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Uh, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. And I just want to say um, thank you as well to the church because I know my family and I have seen so much, so much love and, and support from, from everyone here. Um, so in, in, in closing, I'm extremely thankful for, for this church. Thank you, Lord Jesus, so much for these
0: words from Aidan, the reminders that you have answered prayers in his life for family, Um, to have a family, to have a family that is well cared for, where you are present and they know that, and that this is the realization that you're so passionate for us within family. So, Lord, I, I know that there are many hearts here that are longing for... Answers to prayers with regard to family. And you love to answer those prayers. And so, Lord, we put our hands together and even offer those longings to you, that you would enclose them in your provision, that you would infuse them with your presence, and that we would realize the blessing of your passionate love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise.
3: As Father Eric said, I'm Paul Brown, in case you don't know my name. Um, I don't get a chance to talk with as many of you as I'd like because I'm usually busy just trying to take care of stuff. It's one of the unfortunate side effects of serving. However, there are a lot of benefits to serving and that's really what I want to talk about. Um, When I talk about thanksgiving and gratitude for the family of God and the in the in the and the local body that he places us in um, I just wanted to relate to you a sort of a before how now experience and um, you know it, it, for the first 10 years or so um, when my, my family and I moved to the Midwest um, we we attended church and had wonderful just Wonderful experiences, um, and we were loved. But I felt like a guest in somebody's home. If you know what I mean by that, you know, as opposed to part of the family. When you're a guest in somebody's home, you're loved, you're appreciated, um, but you don't have to do the dishes. In fact, they tell you to go in the living room and chit chat while the cooking's being done. And I'm like, I want to be in the kitchen. I want to be part of the, you know, the, the stuff that's happening. I want to get my arms into the, the, you know, the water and clean some dishes and and things like that. That's just who I am. And 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 there's there's only one way to describe. I think, and my wife and I had talked about this um, before we started coming to light of Christ. I felt shelved. I don't know if you can relate to that. Uh, we're packing, as you know, we're getting ready to move and. Um, In the back of the top of the cupboard, there are some mugs, coffee mugs, that are there. We're never going to get rid of them. We love them. We like them. We appreciate them. They're wonderful mugs, but they don't get used. The only time they get used is when everything else has come out and it's dirty. Then we reach back and we get that mug... that's been there for 10 years, that hasn't been used, and we use it. And that's how I felt. I felt like that back mug in the top shelf, as opposed to the one that's a little bit lower down and it's right in front, it's the one that you grab every morning, you know what I mean? You've got that mug, right? I I do, I don't know if you do, but it's got a crack in it. It really does. It has a crack in it, and um, it has a few stains on it, but guess what that 's the one I use that 's the one I use, and what I was longing for was to be that mug that got used i didn 't want to be the one shelved in the back anymore that was special and only for special occasions and so you know a number of things happened um, that that created this this transformation in our life and one was um um, actually a meeting that happened before we started uh, coming to light of christ it was bishop stewart in ambrose and he was just had been made um the 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 bishop of of our diocese shortly before that and he came in he and he spoke about the rushing river that uh um that was the the move of the holy spirit and afterward he was praying for folks and we have a relationship with uh, Bishop Stewart that dates back to about 2005 uh, or so, when, when Abigail, our daughter, first came to Wheaton College, and we got to know him at that particular time. But uh, he prayed for us, and we had been praying together about, about things, and he used the exact words that we had prayed. It was like he had been listening in on our prayer times, and we were like, Something happened inside of us, and then it wasn't long after that that Father Eric, um, I was just getting together with him because I wanted to know more about liturgical theology. I don't know if you remember that. And it was shortly after that, he says, you know, we have a need, um, and um, we wonder if you'd be willing to just come and do some interim, you know, music leading at our church. And I was like, that sounds great. I'd love to do that. Well, the summer went and um, I experienced um, really a place to serve and a freedom in music and worship and in liturgy that I had not experienced for at least 10 years before that and so I was like a, a dry land that was sucking up water at that particular time and uh, you know at the end of the summer he goes well you know if you want to stick around and become part of us you know really and I said okay let's do it and then in confirmation we were confirmed about a year later um, you know Bishop Stewart he lays hands on you those of you who've been confirmed or seen this you know what I'm talking about and he usually whispers some things, only you can hear. Well, he said, and now it's going to become public, what he said. He said, you have come from a barren desert place, and now you're in a well-watered place with a forest and trees and green meadows. That's what he said. I said, yep. That's exactly right. That describes that transformation um, exactly. And so I'm grateful for what the light of Christ has meant to us. It's been a place um, of, of service where we can feel like we're that, that coffee mug that gets used every day. Um, we're a place where we have great pastoral care, um, where we're known, uh, where we can, we can reach out and be loved. And in, in a place where the richness of worship uh, that's just a part of the way we do prayer and, and uh, scripture reading and worship um, of, uh, of, of our God. And, um, but most of all, I'm grateful for that sense of belonging and sense of family, because the family of God is what we're called. And you don't want to feel like a guest In God's house but you want to feel like family in God's house and that's what I feel like and I'm most grateful for Thank You
0: Paul let's pray Lord Jesus I thank you so much that when you committed yourself to us and brought us into your kingdom you made us as your uh, younger brothers and sisters who share an authority in the kingdom and get to participate in the household of God and its activities and, and Lord, I, I pray for every single one of us that today we would be, as Paul was in the early days of his involvement here at church, just ready to give ourselves entirely to you. That we could have the opportunity to participate in the life of your family here. That we could have the opportunity to serve, to be that coffee mug that's got a little bit of a crack in it and yet is beloved and used and always gets to participate in the family meals Lord, may this be true for each and every one of us as we put our hands together and entrust our lives to you, our little kingdoms becoming part of your great and everlasting kingdom. You are a splendid and magnificent king who wants to share that glory with us, Lord. And so may we now um, participate by returning praise and thanks to you as we stand and sing, amen.